My wish for you is that 2023 is the year that you finally see the improvement you've worked so hard to create. And Yelp for Restaurants is here to help. This year, we're launching new tools and programs to make this year your best year. In addition to the content you already love, we're launching a marketing series packed with actionable worksheets. We've got monthly webinars focused on the best business strategies out there. And as always, Yelp offers best-in-class software to help you optimize your restaurant and maximize your profits. See everything Yelp for Restaurants has to offer by visiting restaurants.yelp.com today. Now here we go. So wouldn't it be impactful for you or a restaurateur to know, hey, this is the person I'm looking for. I'm not going to tell them who they are. Let them tell me that they have the traits and the talents and the desire and the attitudes to get to where we're going. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. I believe that the biggest hurdle for most of us when it comes to escaping day-to-day operations is finding the right person to replace ourselves. Aside from what it takes to find the right person, it's the risk that holds most of us back. The risk of spending more than we've ever paid ourselves on someone who may not be right for the job. But what if we could ensure that the person we're hiring is the right fit for the role? Today we chat with Philip Balthazar. Philip is a new kind of consultant using science and data-driven methods to ensure the people we hire are perfect for the roles they're given. In this episode, we cover everything from hiring your replacement to hiring a server. My father was always gone. And after he retired from the Air Force and he was State Department, we would be driving from Germany to Switzerland and there would be something that would come on the radio and he'd have to pull over and just drop us off. And then he would have to report to the nearest NATO base. And But he never said, I'll be back tomorrow or I'll be back, whatever, right? So the point of that is that one of my talents is to enlist people, get them on the mission, lead them, take them to this thing, whether it was like captain of the football team, captain of the wrestling team, captain of the track team. CEO, startup, change artist, turnaround guy. I mean, that all kind of bled into this thing here. And so how I got into this part of my career, and it's been an eclectic one, right? Ballet to banking to consulting. But in between that, it was always leadership. And how do you get the most out of people? The right guys on the right seats on the bus. So for what I do now specifically, it's all about identifying what are people's unique talents that they bring to the table and how do you support them and coach them and mentor them so that they can thrive in whatever they're doing. I mean, I'm sure we've all been in positions where you were forced into something and you got to react or respond, et cetera, right? But then you've also been in positions where, man, you know, I think Josh, you and I are probably unemployable right? (laughs) That's why you're an entrepreneur. And I'm an entrepreneur, right? Right. We'll go into situations that it's like, you would try your damnedest and you want to really do it. But at the end of the day, you're outside the box thinker, right? You got to do things differently. And so an analogy is like, it's so like cliche, 
right seats on the bus, right? Well, here's the question that I ask my people when I get engaged. If you had to ask everyone to get off the bus today, basically, if you had to fire everyone, who would you ask to come back in with enthusiasm? So when you look at companies and look at teams, how many times do we feel like, oh my God, you know, and I have clients that it happens all the time, right? There's that one guy or that one gal that's been that problem kid. And it's just like, he keeps, okay, give him more training, give him something else, give them a little bit more. And then a year goes by and yet there's still that kind of a cancer if you have it. And then finally you break it down and then they're not bad people. It's just, they were in the wrong seat. They were doing the wrong thing. And then you try to work it out. So I don't know if I've answered your question, but that's kind of been the genesis of how I'm doing what I'm doing right now. And, and I love coaching. I'm giving it back. I love watching people thrive. And you know, sometimes it's just little tweaks. That's all. You're a people person, Phil. That's it. And, and you're a very specific kind of people person because you specialize in people. I have read roughly 800,000 business books and biographies <laughs> and leadership books, plus or minus 10,000, but it's right around there. And I had to read all of those books to figure out that every problem, personally and professionally, is a people problem. Every 100%. single one of them. And then once you learn that and internalize that, that's the lens through which you look at the world, your business, and your life. And it creates change almost on a subconscious level, but on a conscious level, you begin looking at those problem people differently, right? You begin focusing on your A players and saying, what do these people need? But what it's done for me more than anything is it's prioritized people in all of my businesses. That's how we got together in full transparency. Phil and I work together. He is an amazing coaching consultant. And I wanted to have him on the show today because he's added a lot of value to my life and to my businesses. And if he was around when I was a restaurateur, I think it would have made for an easier path. And I'll share why. And then maybe I'll let you start talking again. Beautiful. It's about butts and seats. And more than anything, you know, we think about that from a consumer perspective. We've got to fill up the restaurant. But it's really hard to do that in an industry that demands that you be an expert in all things, that you've got to be proficient in all things. And so we delegate a little bit of this and a little bit of that, typically to the wrong people. And we're shuffling people around and we delegate poorly. And one of the reasons we delegate poorly is because we're delegating the wrong things to the wrong people, or we hired the right people for the wrong positions. And what I was looking for after years of struggling with this was a system, you know, and that's how I found you. And I'm curious to know, having clearly laid out what the problem is, I think, for me and so many, how would you describe what you do for a living? What does the solution look like to that problem? Great question. How many times do we hire because our gut said, oh, my God, this guy, great handshake, presented well articulate, great resume, great referral, interviewed, knock it out of the park. You hire this individual, a week goes by, two weeks go by, three, like, what happened? What happened to the guy or that gal that 
knock it out of the park in the interview, what happened to them? So what I do is I teach, we use analytics over instincts. And what I mean by that is like, you know, you saw the movie Moneyball, Brad Pitt. Brad yep. Pitt's a major league uh, manager, right? He has no budget. And now he's got to rely on analytics to say, okay, what's this guy's batting average? What's his RBI? And he hires 100% on the numbers versus the instincts. And there is a lot of pushback on that. But at the end of the day, it's all about science. Listen, it was Empedocles, right? Wind, fire, water, air, right? He tried to put people into different categories. What are you naturally, right? Hippocrates said the four temperaments. And they are like sanguine, phlegmatic, melancholic, right? Choleric. What do all those things mean? How do you show up in the world? Scientists say by the time you're 12 years old, you are who you are. This is your thumbprint. No matter what you do or say or try to modify yourself, this is who you are. So what do we do? What I do is when I come into organizations, we do a team diagnostics. We take a look at what are the strengths here? What are the gaps? And how do we get them? So if you say to me, look, I'm looking for a GM and this GM, is he needs to be a thoroughbred. Well, why would you waste your time hiring a zebra or a plow horse? That zebra or plow horse might be killer at what they do and being a killer zebra or a killer plow horse, but that's not what you're looking for. So what I do is I come in and I say, okay, we're going to teach you analytics over instincts and we're going to get that percentage higher of not making that mishire, not making the mistakes, because you think about time, energy, and resources it takes to bring someone on board, to train them. They have to learn the system. They have to learn their culture, all those kind of things, right? And when they don't work out, what's the true impact of that? Not just from a financial perspective, but what about the culture? What about the people that saw you hire that guy or that gal and say, hey, what is he doing? What's Josh thinking? This guy's an idiot, or he's this or that. And then the longer he or she stays there, that all rolls back to up to you. Like you made that decision. So what I do is I come in and take a look. We optimize, right? We ensure that you've got the right people doing the right roles based on what their skill set. I mean, not skill set. I'm sorry, about how they're wired. Because listen, you can teach someone how to be a waiter. You can't teach them to be empathetic, to be able to walk up to a table, to be able to read it. You can't teach them to be able to juggle all these different things and to remember and have that attention to detail to say, okay, they're gluten-free, so we can't have this, or I can't have the butter in this. If they forget those details, no matter how good of a server they were, they fail, right? It's about coming in and optimizing what you have and then understanding that maybe this person who you hired to be a tackle has some hands, so why not move him to wide receiver? Because the guy can catch the ball. The guy you're paying all that money to, to catch the ball, keeps dropping it. So move him to the defensive backfield. That's what I do. We come in and we identify issues or business problems. And more importantly, what's the impact of that? And then how do we resolve that? And it starts with the owner, right? That's what I thought was so interesting was the first analysis that you did was on me. And my personality, my natural disposition relative to the job that I was performing within my own company. And we analyzed the Delta. And you said, this is what you are naturally predisposed to doing well. And this is what you're doing. 
And the first thing we need to do is get you out of all of the things that you're doing that you're not naturally predisposed to doing well. And then when you look at the overall company, you're able to say, this guy's naturally predisposed to doing that. So you can delegate that to him. And he's doing this thing that he's not naturally predisposed to doing. So you can delegate that to this other person. And in doing so, just by moving a few tasks around, a few responsibilities, it creates a more cohesive environment. One of the other benefits that I got from it was it worked really well to set expectations with both me and the other members of the leadership team. Because you turned to us and you said, listen, you can't expect him to be able to do that. He's not naturally predisposed to being able to do those things. You also need to communicate with him in this way. I want to dig granularly into the science. Can you talk to me about the different, for lack of a better term, personality traits or dispositions? What categories do most people fall into? We will measure seven work-related traits. The first one we take a look at is autonomy. Are you someone like yourself who is a future thinker, 30,000 foot, entrepreneur, step into risk? be able to step into conflict when it's appropriate, see the train coming, or are you on the other side of the spectrum of someone that needs direction, that needs to be unassuming and be polite? Are you someone who is, and then we look at sociability, are you someone who is an extrovert, right? Someone that can walk into a room, read the room, make relationship with anyone, be optimistic, be the morale of the company, or are you someone that's more introverted, more introspective? I want to deal with task and tangibles rather than with people are you someone that loves and we talk about pace and patience are you someone that loves variety you need want seek it do you have a natural sense of urgency do do you love juggling balls can you thrive out of chaos or are you someone who is a very patient person who is very methodical who's going to be very predictable are you someone who is an outside the box thinker who is creative and conceptual or Are you a perfectionist? Cross the T's, dot the I's. We look at energy units, like how big is your battery pack? How long can Josh plug and play all day without needing to take a break? And we look at logic. Logic is how do you process information? Are you processing things very emotionally and go there first? Or are you processing things very logically? And the last thing we take a look at is ingenuity. Can you, out of thin air, like Elon Musk as a visionary, come up with the next battery pack for the iPad? Or... Are you someone that wants to improve upon what's in front of you? Think about a line cook, a line cook, right? You have to have someone that can stand the pressure, can do something over and over. How many fettuccine alfredos can you make tonight? And each one of them coming out perfectly, right? And never get bored by doing it over and over and over and over again. If you try to put that guy out on the floor to be able to interact to be able to be social, to be able to juggle multiple things, to love variety, it's the wrong guy in the wrong place. So we look at each one of those and take a look at what are the strengths here? How do you motivate someone like that? A very gregarious, social, outgoing person who wants to be the queen of the party. Well, when they do something great, tell the whole world, send a big company email, put them up on the pedestal. You did a killer job today, but that line chef, He doesn't want to be pulled out and brought in front of the company, right? He just wants you to walk up and say, hey, great job today. You killed it for me. It was personal, right? So what we teach 
is that based on how you're hardwired is based on how we're going to motivate you, right? What's the golden rule in life? Do unto others. Is it do unto others? Is that it? Did I get it right? Yes. Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Yes. The platinum rule, do unto others like they want to be done to, Mm. right? So what we teach here is it's very easy for us to hire and manage people that are just like us. But how do you hire and manage people that are not like you? That's what we teach. How do you motivate? How do you incentivize? What do they need? What are their pros? What are their cons? Listen, someone like you and me, because we're the same profile, right? Visionaries out there, chargers. If we're leading a pack of wolves up the hill, we're going to be the first ones up there. We're going to charge. We're going to get there. We're going to leave a stream of bodies behind us, right? And if you were a servant leader, you'd be the exact opposite. You would lead from behind. You'd make sure you have all the strong guys in the front or the weakest in the front, the strong in the middle. And then every single person makes it up the hill. We'll teach in the workshops. We do a two-day workshop when I engage with people. The t-shirt exercise. What's the front of your t-shirt? The front of your t-shirt is visionary, entrepreneur, successful restaurateur. I opened up Michelin stars. I got that. What's the back of my t-shirt, Bill? Asshole, bulldozer, aggressive, doesn't give a shit about people, blah, 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 blah. So we have to know both sides, right? Because for every piece of income, I'm going to call it, or revenue, there's a tax that we have to pay. So to be leaders, to understand the way we're hardwired, we have to know both front and back of the t-shirt. And that's what this program that when I coach and mentor and advise is walking into organizations and fully understanding because you hit it on the head here. Leadership is top down. The culture that you have there, like, listen, people can respect that you're demanding. They can look up to being demanding, but what they won't tolerate is you being demeaning. So how do we use all of those pluses that we have and then make sure we've got people behind us and supporting us so that Josh is allowed to go out there and change the world, but we've got people supporting him, ensuring that put the hand out to pull someone up who has been run over by all that ambition and all that drive. One of the greatest determinants of success in our industry is our restaurants buildup. So many of us spend months or years running overtime and over budget on design and construction costs, but it doesn't have to be that way. My friends at SoCal Restaurant Design are experts in the field, and they put together a checklist of things you need to know when building a restaurant. To get access to this free resource, visit SoCalRestaurantDesign.com forward slash full comp. Again, that's SoCalRestaurantDesign.com forward slash full comp. I want to talk about the job form that you had me fill out because I I thought one, it was a super interesting way to do business, but then also how you had multiple restaurant owners and operators fill out the same thing. And we all came back with the same result in terms of what's needed for a server. Okay. So it's a proprietary piece, but what we do is this, we say, okay, Josh, you're looking for a general manager, right? What are the traits that you think are essential 
for a killer general manager? Because I think, you know, think about a theater company. You've got the artistic director, the guy who's the creative visionary guy. And then you have an executive director who's basically the CEO. You don't ever find those together combined. They're separated. Let you be the visionary. Let you be the entrepreneur. Let you be that guy who's going to come up with amazing dishes here. Let someone else execute on. There's all kinds of, you know, EOS is all about the entrepreneur's or, you know, operating system. You get the visionary. You get the integrator, right? That's what we teach too. So what we're saying is, okay, every single guy needs their number two. If I can free you up to live 90% of your day being the visionary, being the future thinker, where's the train? If there's no train, how am I going to build that train? And then you're able to hand that off to someone that's going to execute for you. How free are you, right? I had a mortgage company. I had a couple of mortgage companies. I used to say, I'm hiring you because you're a shooter. I want you spending 90% of your day shooting the deer. I don't need you wasting all of your talents in field dressing it and skinning it and butchering. Let's give that role to someone who loves doing that, who excels at that, and again, can do that kind of thing over and over and over again. So getting back to this. So the way the exercise works is, Josh, here's 59 questions. Tell me what you're looking for. Are you looking for a future thinker or present guy? You want a macro guy or micro? Are they strategic or are they tactical? Are they risk takers or are they rule followers, right? I ask you all those things and out of what you answered for me, this profile emerged that said, this is the ideal candidate. Then we sent that out to other people that you respected and people in the industry. Hey, I respect you. You opened up great restaurants. What do you think a general manager is supposed to look like? And then they fill out that thing. And then they come back with this. And so we all come back together and say, okay, guys, thanks for filling this out here. Looks like we all wanted a future thinker. We all wanted someone who's entrepreneurial. We wanted someone that could step into conflict and have those hard conversations when it's appropriate. We need someone who enjoys mentoring and coaching people, who's sociable that can turn that on, right? We want someone who's got this natural sense of urgency to match all we things we have to do here. Someone that can find systems out of chaos and still be able to come back and cross those T's and dot that, those I's, right? Food costs and pay attention to all the P&L matters here. Once we have that, so then we don't say, hey, listen, we're looking for a general manager for our brand new restaurant. Again, everyone has different ideas about what a general manager is. So what you did and what we posted out there is, hey, do you wake up every day wanting to be in charge of your own destiny, right? Are you a take charge, assertive, self-starter? Can you see the train coming? Can you be selectively social? Can you be charming? Do you like mentoring and coaching people, right? Do you have a natural sense of urgency? And can you really geek out on my P&L and my food costs? And, and that's going to be a win for you as well, right? If this is you, we're opening up, da-da-da, and we want a general manager to take us to the next level and et cetera, right? Because in today's world, I mean, second page of the Wall Street Journal today, right? Restaurant employment is back up. People are coming back to the jobs. They're not going back to the same jobs, but they're coming back in there. So wouldn't it be impactful for you or a restaurateur to know, hey, this is the person I'm looking for. I'm not going to tell them who they are. Let them tell me that they have the traits and the talents and the desire and the attitudes to get to where we're going. When we hire, we take a look at a pie chart. 
what I teach and what the science is, is only one third of that. The other one third of that is your attitude, your values. Do you fit the culture that I've established here that I've gotten going here, right? And then the other third is the experience. So we say, if you can get two of the three of those, you got a C player. You got someone that's going to be able to get the job done for you. They're going to be a utility player. They're never going to knock it out of the park. But if we can get the right profile with the right values and attitudes and the experience and you hit three out of three, man, that's an A player right there. You know, Jack Welsh will say, if we pick the right people and we allow them the ability to spread their wings and to fly, and then you put compensation behind it because you all got to have that compensation, you almost don't have to manage them. So when I engage with CEOs, I promise them two things. I promise them to give them back their time because if you're spending 80, 90, 100 hours a week at the restaurant because you don't have that number two that you can delegate to with authority and you can delegate to because of the trust, right? And the second piece is trust. Because of the science, because of the program, because of the analytics, we can give you back the trust that someone else is going to be able to do it for you and they'll be able to do it better than you can in that one specific piece of your business. That makes sense. It does. You brought up a pain point, and it's the reason I had you on the show selfishly. So my entire career, my success was always limited by what I could achieve on my own for a couple of reasons. The biggest being a lack of support, that I never found that number two that could support me, or even like a fellow number one that could teach me more about my business than I even knew because they had so much experience. And I'll tell you why. It's because I was afraid to pay. Because at the time I was paying myself 80000 and I knew I could only get someone for 120000 right? Or I was paying myself fifty-two, and I knew it would cost me sixty-five. Time and time again, I was afraid to spend the money because if I was wrong, that was an expensive mistake. And I was spending money that either one, I could pay myself or two, that I didn't have to spend because we simply didn't have the budget. Now, the other side of the coin is the difference between an expense and an investment. You hire the right person and they make you money. You hire the wrong person and they cost you money. But because there was never a system in place to know whether I was hiring the right person, because I didn't really know where my holes were and I didn't really know where theirs were and how well we matched up, I was never really willing to tempt fate. But I believe in your science and I believe that in utilizing a science like this, it could have a massive impact on people's ability to one, hire great people that are the right people for the job. And number two, give us all the opportunity to scale up and scale up massively because it's not a risk when it's not based on a hunch, right? When there's science backing up that decision. A hundred percent. So a couple of things. So let's talk about restaurateur, Josh, present tense. You got this restaurant going here you're making X, whatever your top line is. Josh, where do you want to be next year? Where do you want to be in three years, right? So now you're talking about this is present state and now this is future state, where you want to be here. What's the gap? Well, the gap is we were at 3 million this year. I want to get to 9 million or 10 million, whatever, right? So what's the gap here? It's a $6 million gap, whatever that gap is, right? What's the cost of a GM? What's the cost of a GM today in a fine dining establishment? Let's call it 125. 
if the gap is $3 million and your investment is $125,000, that ROI is through the roof. Sure. So again, to your point, will we ever hit 100% of if we hired the right guy, 100% knocking on the door? Absolutely not. But guess what? With your profile and based on all of our empirical data that we have, you're probably hitting about 45 to 50% in hiring right. In your life, is that true? Yeah, that's true. Okay. So listen, we want to get you to 90. But if I can take you from 50 to 75, I've already increased your odds by over 50% here that you're going to make. So again, yes, is it scary? 100% it's scary. Is it an investment that you say, okay, listen, I don't care if you invested in Tesla stock a few years ago and you saw a flight, was that a scary investment? Well, it might have not have been, but now it's down 70%. So we never know. We can't say 100% it's a blue chip stock, but we can for sure increase the odds that the right guy that you're going to hire for your number two is going to have based on what you told me you wanted based on what your peers and your colleagues told me that they had used in the past, right? Our software, because what I have, it's a a proprietary software that will take, once we have come up with that ideal profile, and then we do the job post that asks for them to step in based on what they think that they are, the software then matches the profile that they are with the one that we said, and we'll give you a probability match. He's a 92% match that everything you told me you wanted, he has, he or she has. So the probability is up here. If they're a 28% match or a 31% match, look, science tells us that's a long shot. Are you willing to take that on the long shot? Probably not here. And the good thing is you can say to me, we came up with this one profile for that GM. And then based on who you hired, We can always change that and make adjustments because, listen, when NASA launches the rocket to the moon, it goes off course all the time. That's the most consistent thing in the universe. But no one freaks out down there. They just say, hey, we're off by six degrees. Pull it back. All right. We're over this way. Pull it back in here. So, again, we're taking science and analytics over instincts and give you that probability of success, because that's why we do it. It isn't reading tea leaves. It isn't saying, hey, you're white or you're a fire or you're whatever. We have 19 of these archives here. But what it is, the reason why we do this is to predict financial outcomes. It's math. It's science. For us, and I want to get up to this point here, for us, hiring the right person or firing is easy because it's math for us. That's only maybe 10, 15% of what I do. The other 85 is once you bring that person on board, do you know how to ride that horse? Because here's the deal. For every plus, there's a tax that we pay. So if you bring in another visionary like yourself, a future thinker, a guy who's going to step into conflict when it's appropriate, someone who's ready to have those hard conversations, what drives that person? Their ego, their desire to win. So are they going to have opinions? 100% they're going to have opinions. Do they want independence? 100% they want independence. If we know all these things, then we teach you how to ride that horse. What do you got to give them? You got to give them the independence to say, okay, listen, this is where we're going. This is where I want to get to. And then you got to get out of their way and let them do their work so that 
you can go out there and build your business and build your brand and take your company or your restaurant to places that you've been envisioning, but you haven't been able to get there because you didn't have the right resources behind you. You provide the necessary context that I don't think that people can, because you've got the reports, right? Like, you know who we are as individuals, but then you're able to explain our dynamics better than we can and then explain it to each other. Like, Josh, Josh is like this. So, Don, when you talk to Josh, you need to keep these things in mind and you need to make sure that if you're going to hold him accountable for this, that this, this, and this have been done because he needs those things in order to be able to move forward. And you do it with the whole leadership team. And it's incredibly valuable because I think that that insight, that visibility into who people are provides a roadmap to a successful relationship. Everybody's predisposed to doing these jobs well, but dynamics are more than just the execution of a task. We spoke before the show and you had said that there was something you wanted to offer our listeners as a gift. Do you want to tell them what that is? Here's the gift because you are a full comp person here, right? And our link will be at the bottom of the show notes here. Ping me. I'm happy to come into your restaurant. We'll do a team diagnostics. We'll survey you so I can understand because culture is top down here. We'll survey your team. We'll come back together. I'll give you a diagnostics. Here's your strengths. Here's the potential gaps here. 100% complimentary because full comp people here, right? And then, of course, once you see the value there and you want to engage, then we can talk about that. But that's my 2023. We're all coming back to pre-pandemic levels. Let's ensure that you've got the right people on the bus to take your restaurant to the next level. That's Philip Balthazar. For your complimentary team diagnostic, visit the link in the show notes. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.